Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. From the good news of Jesus Christ, in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, tonight, this, this very evening, Christians around the world are gathering together in a somewhat solemn celebration. The Christian faith is a faith that is meant to be celebrated. It is a way of life that is meant to be filled with joy and with hope and with thankfulness. Thankfulness of all who God is, all that he has done for us, and all that he is still doing for us today. And yet at the same time, there is a seriousness about it. There is a heaviness about it because it's about life and death. It's about eternity. And so the Christian proclamation is this. The God who is love created everything. He created a perfect world, and then we messed it up. Darkness and sin entered God's good creation. Since that, God had slowly been enacting his rescue plan. He slowly been revealing more and more of himself until he came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, God showed up in Jesus to save us from the sin and darkness, to forgive us when we sin, to give us the greatest picture of love, and to show us that there is a new life of resurrection. That is the story of Scripture, and that, that is something that we are part of. You know, a really cool thing about Scripture is that it begins and it ends in a garden. It begins in a perfect garden where God and man enjoyed full fellowship with one another, where God's kingdom was on earth. It was a kingdom of love and peace. And that's exactly how Scripture ends, too. In a perfect garden, where God and man enjoy full fellowship with one another, where the new heaven and the new earth are united, and it's a kingdom of love and peace. So Scripture bookends then, right, with these two gardens, and somewhere in the middle, something of a climactic new beginning, is another garden. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Firstly, though, tonight, this very evening, Christians around the world are gathering for a solemn celebration of Jesus' Last Supper. It was a Passover meal that completes the Old Covenant and inaugurates the New Covenant. And here's what I mean by that. Remember that in, in the beginning, heaven and earth were united. God was not distant, but he was in full fellowship with man as they walked together. But with the disobedience of man, there began the separation, the impaired communion with God. God was no longer intimately present with mankind. So God forms a people to be his own. That's the old covenant. The Hebrews were the chosen people of God to be a light in a dark world. Now, in God's great drama, in this great drama we call Scripture, the, the Hebrews were in bondage. They were enslaved for about 400 years. And what happens? God rescues them. He delivers them. He saves them. The night before their freedom, though, what we read about in the first reading, the night before their freedom, God commands them to eat a Passover meal. It's a sacred meal in which they kill and they eat a sacrificial lamb in remembrance that it is God who delivers them. It's God who saves them from slavery. 
this yearly Passover meal was the way the people of God remained the people of God. It was the yearly celebration of God's deliverance. It was not optional, and it was not changed until the new covenant, until Jesus, until God showed up again in the person of Jesus Christ to transition the people from the old covenants and into the new covenants. And that's what's happening tonight. A new covenantal people of God is being formed. Just, just think with me, if, if you can, the, the incredible and, and awesome drama that is being unfolded here. We, we begin in a perfect garden, perfect fellowship, perfect communion, perfect peace. After the fall, God forming his people through covenants. God delivering his people from slavery. And for 1,500 years, the people of God celebrating this freedom with a yearly Passover feast. And then, in this Passover feast, God is forming a new covenant, a new people in Jesus Christ. So why do you think God chose then the Passover feast? Or said another way, what happens tomorrow? Say it again. He sacrificed, right? What happens tomorrow? His death on the cross, the crucifixion, right? The death of Jesus, that's our freedom. His death is our freedom. By his death, we are delivered. We are set free from the slavery of sin and death. So remember that the Passover feast was eaten the night before the people of God were freed from slavery, right? So now Jesus, forming the new people of God, is eating a Passover feast before they were freed from slavery. Do you you see the connection here? But again, and and this is very important, Jesus changes the Passover feast. Very dramatically, very intentionally, Jesus is fulfilling the old covenants and beginning the new covenants. He is giving the new people of God a new Passover feast and it's the Eucharist. It is his own body and his own blood. Jesus himself is the Passover lamb. He is the sacrificial lamb that we eat in celebration of our deliverance from slavery. The Eucharist is the way the new people of God remain the new people of God. And that's what we're celebrating tonight. We are in a solemn celebration that Jesus gives himself to us, that he graciously makes us the new covenantal people of God. So here's what that looks like. Firstly, and the most objectively seen, it's the Eucharist. That's a major thing the early church was known for, for gathering to worship Jesus and celebrating the Eucharist. And, and honestly, if, if we knew what was happening here, if we really understood that this is Jesus giving himself to us, his own body and his own blood, if we allowed ourselves to fully get that, you couldn't keep us away. There would be no other place to go because we go where Jesus is. A good indication that we are growing in the Christian faith is a growing participation, a growing devotion to the Eucharist. Second, the new covenant of people of God, they express love 
by service. At Jesus' Last Supper, at the Passover feast where he begins the new covenant, he showed us the full extent of his love. It's himself in the Eucharist and it's serving. Let's remember that that love by its very nature expresses itself. And so Jesus gives us this awesome example of love. He washes feet. Washing feet was something the slave did, that the servant did. So again, in a very dramatic, in a very intentional way, Jesus is saying, this is how you show love. This is how you become great. It's by serving. And I know that that may sound weird at first, but if we have the right mind of love, if we know love to be willing the good of the other, then serving very naturally follows. Think of someone you love. A spouse, a child, a parent, a friend. Don't you want the best for them? Don't you even enjoy serving them? My brothers and sisters, I promise you that God loves us, loves us more than we can even know. He wants the best for us, and he very clearly shows it in simple acts, like washing feet, and in the ultimate act, giving his own life for us. Therefore, if we claim to be the new covenantal people of God, we then show our love by serving, serving in small ways, serving in big ways, and sometimes in the very best way, unnoticed. A good indication that we are growing in the Christian faith is a growing desire to serve. A good indication that we're growing as disciples is that we actually look for ways to serve. We wake up and we have a heart and ears and eyes to see a need and then do something about it. Tonight, this very evening, Christians around the world are gathering for a new Passover of the Eucharist and reminding ourselves that love expresses itself in service. And this is the great turning point in all of human history. Jesus is commanding us to make him present in the Eucharist. Jesus is commanding us to love one another as he has loved us. And then after he does that in the Last Supper, where does he go? To a garden. In the beginning, God and man walked together in a perfect garden, enjoying full fellowship and perfect love. We are destined for a new garden where we will experience the full presence of God and be united to one another in perfect love. And so tonight, Jesus, fully God, fully man, enters a garden. He is turning the tide of all of human history. He is showing us what we have lost in that first garden and what we have to gain in the next garden. Because he loves us, because he wills the best for us, he dies for our sins and is resurrected for our life. So may we follow him. Following him, may we die to our own selflessness and sinfulness. May we rise to the new and resurrected life that he gives us. All of it is for him who died for us and rose again, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.